politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow patriots, forgotten taxpayers, and all around peaceful, loving Americans who care about your communities and your neighborhoods where nobody in politics does. This is Daniel Horowitz at the Conservative Review Podcast, and it is Friday the 13th, December 13th. Um, For many of us in this business, it feels like it's always Friday the 13th, a nightmare. Look, I'm trying to put on a smile, but uh, it's tough. It really is looking back on the last week and a half, and you look at the missed opportunities, and you look at what we could be accomplishing as a movement with this presidency. You look at what they are accomplishing, paid family leave, socialist Ivanka care to all federal workers, not just the military, all federal workers passed um, in this NDAA, which passed the House, will pass the Senate next week. Let me tell you something. I want to first apologize to you guys because I have reached a point where I know there is so much more bad stuff going on in Congress that I can't even cover. I don't even have enough time to monitor. And if I don't monitor it, it won't happen. No one will know about it. Whereas on the left, they know about every activity in every subcommittee, even if it won't go anywhere or become law, and they're going to be engaged with a thousand activists. And there, there you go. You know, it was a great segue from yesterday's show where we probably had what is the most in-depth discussion on immigration enforcement that anyone has had with Jessica Vaughn, really a 30, 35-year veteran of this issue. She worked as a State Department consular official. She studied immigration uh, enforcement for decades at Center for Immigration Studies. Um, So listen to that show, episode 543, if you haven't heard it. I know it came out late yesterday, and I'm recording today on Friday early. Make sure you hear that show. But what you heard is that on any measure, we are sliding backwards under Trump. And again, some of it's Trump's fault. Some of it's his fault for appointing dirtbag, shallow state people that don't rein in the deep state and get taken in by it. Whether it's Pompeo giving uh, aid to the Lebanese Hezbollah, that happened yesterday, um, as Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, supporting Saudi visas after Pensacola, Um, giving into everything the military-industrial complex wants, whether it's Chad Wolf as DHS secretary. I could go on and on. Then it's Mitch McConnell and all the Senate losers, but Trump supported a lot of these losers like Mitt Romney in the primary. Then you have Javanka. And then you have Fox News and a broken conservative movement. It's not just Trump. It's all of it put together, ensuring that we don't achieve nearly what we could achieve And that simultaneously, we slide backwards, whether it's the courts and the fact that they give in to lowest common denominator, one district judge supremacism. All of this happening in the backdrop of the UK elections from last night. And there's a very profound lesson that, of course, nobody on our side is taking out from it. They're taking out all the wrong lessons like, oh, ha, 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 you see the left got defeated. Oh, ha, ha. You know, the Democrats are in trouble. And and on some level, that's true if we actually push the issue. But they're missing the point. Forget about looking on how what this portends for the left and for the Democrats. Look at what it portends for our side, what we can do with our own people. Some of you might not like what I'm going to say today. Because some of you might not like your truth bombs 
100 proof. You want more of the liqueur, the 20, 30 proof. But we're going to give you, give you 100 proof. You know, Patrick Henry said in 1775, we are apt to shut our eyes against the pain, painful truth and listen to the song of that siren till she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be of the number of those who having eyes see not and having ears hear not the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it might cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst and to provide for it. Thank you, Vince from New Jersey, for sending me. This is an old quote I forgot. Patrick Henry um, delivered that remark shortly before the war. And this is the thing. I don't say this to depress you. I don't say this to tilt at windmills. Oh, imagine if we can get rid of the Great Society. Believe me, we're past that. Reagan was still trying to get rid of it. I'm not even doing that. Every day I give you achievable ideas that have a majority support in the polls and the public. Legislative and executive strategies that could implement those ideas right here and right now, how to message them. I mean, I provide more positive reinforcement and positive ideas than anyone around in any medium. Okay, I don't mean to brag, but it's obvious. My body of work stands for itself. Written, uh, audio, video content. Um, and I also try to the best of my ability with the context that I have to try to push these ideas, not just to write about them, but to really spend time on the phone, as many of you all know, to push these ideas. So that's what bothers me. The art of the achievable is what we're not achieving. You know, a friend of mine just texted me. I want to read to you his text. Again, just putting everything together from the last week or so. He lists 12 things that are bothering him. And um, I, I mean, there, there's a lot more than that, but genuine question about what I am missing. One, jailbreak. Two, family leave. Three, notice citizenship on the census. Four, refusal to designate the cartels as terrorists. Five, second largest deficits in history. No sign of slowing down. Violating pledges to oppose omnibus bills. Yeah, by the way, Trump, remember when Trump said twice, Two times ago, I'll never do that again. And now we're on the third, never again. Six, limited wall building now enjoined because they uh, listened to lawless courts. Seven, massive fentanyl heroin and million people apprehended. Lord knows how much not. Eight, no real change in health care, but rattling about fixed prices for drugs and other bad health care plans. Nine, no movement on the endangerment finding. Biggest thing we could do regarding the CO2 nonsense, 10 more troops in the Middle East than in years, 11,000 still in Afghanistan, more in Saudi Arabia now, 11 subsidizing farmers massively in trade war with China, 12 blown up NAFTA to get arguably worse version passed to claim victory. I could add on. 13, no placing armed soldiers or arming our soldiers on bases even after Pensacola. 15, no shutting off visas from almost anywhere in the Middle East. 16, going backwards on interior enforcement. 17, nothing on birthright citizenship as Center for Immigration Studies, and if we have time, we'll get into that. They estimate 72,000 births 
by people that are here on temporary visas. There's hundreds of thousands from illegal aliens. These are, they just picked like the birth tourism or student visas. Talk about foreign influence on our soil. Trump would have a perfect jujitsu against the left on that. And he, he, here, here's the problem. Everything we do is ephemeral. It's a talking point. It's not enduring. But everything bad that continues is enduring, is consequential in a, in a very damaging way. And that's the thing. Our side has become fat and happy with talking points. Outcomes don't matter. Outcomes just don't matter to the Fox News conservative world, to the Republican Party, to people who support the Republican Party. I'm here to tell you, I promise you this. We will never succeed in salvation at a political level. Obviously, at a spiritual level, it's from God. And that's really what we need. But at a political level, we will never achieve meaningful, enduring trajectory changes on a single important civilization issue with the Republican Party, unless we have a new party. Don't yell at me, oh, Daniel, what do we do? I'm working through that. But as Patrick Henry said, you know, I'd rather know the whole truth to know the worst and then to provide for it than lie to myself that I'm achieving something. If you look at everything on this list, you know, everyone has their list of Trump accomplishments. Most of them were enjoined by the courts, which he is. It's really enjoined by Trump because courts don't have a physical lever of power of the purse enforcement. They are giving power to it, even when the Supreme Court ruled in their favor, like with the border wall now and with um, expedited removal, as Jessica Vaughn said yesterday. So you have that. And all these, all these things are talking points. They're talking points. Oh, the Jerusalem embassy. But the Jerusalem embassy was supposed to represent a broader shift in our foreign policy that we're going to right the ship. Be allies with people that are truly allies, not with enemies, not get involved in what we shouldn't. So, yeah, we moved the Jerusalem embassy to, to, um, to uh, the embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. But yesterday, Pompeo intervenes to release 115 million in aid for Lebanon. As the Israeli defense minister has said, the, the, the LAF, the Lebanese Armed Forces, is Hezbollah. There's a great body of work by Tony Badrin. You can look him up. Just Google Tony Badrin Lebanon. Great work. How it's 100% Lebanon. Uh, Hezbollah, whereas at least Egypt and Saudi Arabia have better leaders now. Lebanon is Hezbollah. I, I, I bet you anything. I don't have um, the information because they won't put it out. But we're wondering who these other foreign military trainees on our soil, where they're from. I guarantee you we have Lebanese Hezbollah. He intervenes. Secretary Pompeo to give aid to, to that. So, I mean, this whole thing's a joke. An embassy is a building. I'm a Zionist. I'm a religious Jew. You know where I stand on this, but it's like, dude, Israel is doing fine the way they are. I mean, their political system is a little dysfunctional, but in terms of like sovereignty, they defend their sovereignty. They don't need help. We need help. We're not defending our sovereignty here. So don't give me that, that, that the big accomplishment after eight devastating years of Obama when we need to make up so much ground is this. But anyway, before I go on, I, I, I skipped my whole introduction of all the things that we're going backwards on or not accomplishing when we could accomplish it tomorrow 
easily with a budget battle or with Trump's executive power fighting back against the courts and how the things that we think are good are just talking points and they're not enduring and they don't speak to the bad. They're not as good as the bad things are bad. I, I want you to understand the lesson of UK's election last night. By now, all of you know Boris Johnson, the head of the Tories, who has been more at least emboldenedly right wing than any Tory leader in the past, who's been more like Theresa May and the clown before um, David Cameron, the clown before her. He won a blowout election, the, the biggest election really, um, you know, possibly since 1924, but at least since 1987, um, since Thatcher's time. And, you know, labor got crushed. And whenever you have a landslide election, usually all of everyone's theories and commentaries are true. All the factors are true because all the factors added up to a landslide. So it's certainly true that Corbyn was a radical leftist and he was an anti-Semite and the people didn't want that. And it certainly does portend that even if Trump continues to buffoon around and not accomplish anything, he might still win despite everything because if Democrats nominate, especially Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, that, that is true. I agree with that. But that's partly a problem because it's a crutch. It, we, we focus on the election, but not on the four years after the election. Actually accomplishing something. The lesson of Boris Johnson's election was Brexit means Brexit. That we keep voting for things, the people reject it, but it doesn't happen. The left-wing, globalist, elitist, European crap continues. And he said, we're going to finally get it done. For most of my career, for most of my career, I talked about Europe as behind America, meaning, oh, the Republicans are bad. They're becoming like the Tories, as if meaning in Europe, there's really no right of center at all. There's two left hands, so to speak, in European politics and Great Britain's politics. I'm here to tell you our movement, the conservative movement in America is now to the left of the Tories. Yes, I know Boris Johnson is out there praising socialized health care and on many fiscal issues, he's a leftist. That was already done in Europe a long time ago. But Republicans are the same way. It's just our health care system is different. So the status quo, rather than being full socialism, the national health care system, it's Medicaid and Medicare and venture socialism funneled through crony capitalism. So Republicans are defending that status quo the same way Boris Johnson is defending the status quo there. If we had socialized medicine here, Republicans would be defending it too. Trump, the one thing we accomplished. We have the Washington Post advocating for pulling out of Afghanistan. And we have a defense bill. Trump could get what he wants on that. He could get what he wants on arming soldiers, on Saudi visas. Nothing. What did he put in there? Paid family leave, not just for the military but for all federal workers. And now Ivanka is out there. There's all sorts of media with Dan Crenshaw, another leftist golden calf that the Fox News Republican media worships, promoting a new entitlement. We don't have enough. Record debt, record government market distortions. I have a piece out. You could Google it. Google my name and uh, paid family leave. I have a whole article taking it apart. 
how it's counterintuitive to women. It creates a glass ceiling for them. It creates market distortions that that make employers not want to hire women. It's totally unnecessary. And there's many other ways to help working families or perhaps make it that women don't have to work in the core child rearing age. Like, you know, for example, my wife is very talented and she could work just as well as I could. But the bottom line is we have three young boys. We're expecting a fourth, God willing. And um, it's tough at that stage. I mean, I don't know what we would do. It would be chaotic. Ivanka, see, she's like one of these. Why should you have to sacrifice? Well, because we need to build civilization. And the mothers of our civilization are important. That's not less important than men's work. That's even more important. That's a whole other story I don't want to get into. The best thing we can do is stop the taxation, regulation, litigation, subsidization, and market distortions that all of you guys support so that Americans wouldn't have to pay, according to the Competitive Enterprise Institute, roughly $16,000 a year in, in the price of regulations that have not been dealt with. For all the regulatory reform Trump has supposedly done, it hasn't touched the big ones. And most others, the courts got involved and he listens to them. Talking point versus outcome. So this is all a long way of just saying Republicans are just as bad on fiscal issues as the Tories. But at least on the civilization issues, on immigration, on Brexit, on crime, crime, by the way, Boris Johnson, unlike Trump, held the line on that. And some traditional values issues, not all of them. There was actually a movement to fight for. And I was asking myself, how did it become like this? How are we worse off than the Europeans now? And I think the answer is this. Tell me what your theory is, but my theory is this. All politics is soap opera, all politics is drama. But everyone knows nothing is like America's politics. I mean, you look at the election season for Great Britain, most of these places, it's six to eight weeks. Our election seasons are now two years long. They start when the previous one ends. Um, politics is a blood sport in this country. Politics and commentating and commentary and videos and shows and writings, it's become an industry in itself. I don't just mean the industry of crony capitalism like healthcare and you know farming interests and ethanol. I mean the actual commentating is an industry. It's become an end to itself, much more than in any other Western democracy. So in, 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 in Europe, there might be some commentating, there might be some soap opera, there's an element left that still people care about something. Brexit means Brexit. We voted for it and I want it. So there was a movement to demand outcomes, success, results on certain issues. Whereas here, oh, Trump won, Trump, 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 oh, impeachment, impeachment. It's gonna go, it went on for four years. It's gonna go on the next four years. And results don't matter. We have the worst border crisis under Trump. We have the fewest as Jessica Vaughn said, deportations under Trump. We have the worst judicial supremacism under Trump. And again, a lot of it is not initially his fault. It's the reaction to Trump. So sanctuary cities came about. The judges engaged in civil disobedience. I don't blame Trump for that. But you have to respond to it. You have to have a reaction to it. You have to, you can't just say the dog ate my homework. Oh, we're not ever going to succeed until we get 535 seats in the House. Um, 100 seats in the Senate and 870 federal judges. That's how many federal judges there are. You can't say that. 
Okay, enough with the excuses. We need, re oh, there's sanctuary cities. You're the federal government. You could stop that tomorrow. Oh, the, the, the courts. Uh, the, the Supreme Court literally said you can't get standing to sue against the border wall. So in a different case, a Texas El Paso judge gave standing and they're like, yeah, the border wall is on hold. No, you're putting it on hold. We need a move just like movement, just like Brexit means Brexit. MAGA means MAGA. You know, look, it would be one thing if the first two years was man, pedal to the metal. Every budget bill was Republican, Republican, when I say I mean a Republican platform, uh, spending priorities, ICE funding, the wall, everything we should have gotten done, sanctuaries were dealt with. Um, uh, welfare reform, as we promised. And then, you know, in comes the Democrats, they win back the House at the midterms. You're like, all right, you know, the Democrats are putting us on hold, even though, mind you, when Republicans controlled just the House, we were like, well, what do you mean? It's just the House. The Democrats have the Senate and the White House. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> but, okay, there's one thing. They put us on hold. All right, Daniel, now they have control of the House. They're pushing impeachment. We got to fight this. But I'm telling you, we'll win back the House next term, and the next four years will be like the first two years. But no, we know how this show ends. Results don't matter. We have a budget bill that they're going to increase spending by $320 billion, increase spending, record spending for HUD, Department of Education, you name it. Nothing for ICE, detention and, and deportations. 3.3 million, the number of known criminal aliens, I mean, there's many more than that. These are the ones that ICE has gotten a hold of, has increased by a million under Trump. And again, it's a mixture of him not being focused, us not being focused, Fox News not being focused, rhinos from hell in Congress and the Senate, but many of them were supported by Trump. Trump's shallow no. state, almost every one of his cabinet members is, is, is a Theresa May instead of a Boris Johnson. And that's the thing, like, we know Republicans are fiscal leftists. The thought was, at least on these no-brainer safety, security issues, cultural issues, you'd fight on like Boris Johnson is doing. But no, nothing. Because the British right, so to speak, doesn't have the problems we have here. They want outcomes. They remain focused at least on one or two issues. And that's all I ask. Look, I'm always going to advocate for every issue for the people for the forgotten taxpayer. But I understand that you're not going to always win on every issue. Pick one or two issues, not just, oh, on this isolated day, I have a victory, an ephemeral talking point. But then when you look over time, it doesn't get implemented. The courts screw with it or something else happens that countermands it even worse. Find me one issue where we have a long-term enduring victory. I mean, this stuff we're talking about, Muslim immigration beyond belief, training foreign belligerent militaries on our soil, giving aid to Lebanon. I mean, this stuff Trump could unilaterally, it's not even, you don't even need, need a budget battle. And what the hell ever happened to the veto pen? Trump lost it? I, I, I mean, this is just insane. I get it that in reaction to Trump, the perception that Trump would bring a revolution, the left had a revolution of their own in the states, in the courts, in the agencies. I get it. 
but you got to respond to that then. Right? Oh, look, a deep state, the deep state. So do something about it. But we just want a talking point. Even the few times that some of the mainstream conservative media will use some of my statistics on immigration or this or that, it's not for the purpose of pushing uh, an enduring, consequential legislative or executive budgetary fight to achieve a result. It's to have a talking point to respond to that liberal commentator on Twitter. So, you know, I'm just going to blow up today. I'm sorry. Got to keep drinking because of this uh, kidney stone. You look at the budget. Again, we have a budget bill and a 4,000 page NDAA intersecting with all of the issues that that we have stories for in the public and nothing. I have stories. There's about from what I've seen, 10 cops have been killed by repeat offenders let out from jail. This week, one of them, this Henderson guy, 21 year old in Houston, two cops were killed in Houston. Repeat offender bonded out. I want you guys to take a look at this video. Take a look here. And those of you who are audio audio. Um, you could listen through audio. Listen to this video of of this guy, Dwayne Henderson. Bonding out of jail earlier this year, bragging about how easy it is. Down, man. Y'all thought the kid wasn't coming home, huh? Over three counties, over three different bonds, three cases. Look at this. One twenty thousand. Get that. Zoom in. Twenty thousand. Pick up two more cases. Ten, ten, ten thousand. Hold on. You got the other twenty thousand one. Oh, Crip. He got a fifty thousand. Come on, man. Listen to that. That is the criminal justice reform we need. Yet this guy, after that, this week, killed a female cop, was caught, and a dirtbag judge gave him bond. 150000 He'll likely only have to post 15000 10%, and he'll be out even after jumping court dates in in his past and then killing a cop capital murder charges for cop killing in the state of texas and trump is talking about oh too many people locked up the first step act and now he's talking about a second step act literally google it second step act it's a piece of legislation for criminals before enacting a first step for victims of crime and law enforcement as he promised boris johnson held the line on this mr president We need a little bit more Boris Johnson and a little less Theresa May. And again, when I say Boris Johnson, I mean knowing that he's a liberal on fiscal issues, but at least a couple issues. That's all I ask. And again, Trump, to to his credit, would go along with us if we push him on it. But if you don't, he'll go along with the swamp and he'll be part of the swamp. Add to the swamp. Paid family leave. That's the one thing they're accomplishing. Between the budget bill and the NDAA. For federal workers, as if they don't get enough fringe benefits. Unbelievable. You look at the, the benefit package, the retirement, the health care. The, the, I mean, I have everyone on my block works for Social Security because the main headquarters is in Woodlawn, Maryland. And um, it's like an old joke here. They're always off. They're always home. Some of them accrue like, like 
three months of vacation time a year. They don't even know what to do with it after working there 10, 15 years. None of us get that. And um, and now you need more paid family leave. Let me see what we got here. Uh, it looks like I, I forgot to print it out. Well, no, here, here it is. Here it is. This is going to be an article today. Republicans have agreed to a spending bill to increase spending by $320 billion. Just this week, CBO and the Treasury Department came out with new numbers on the deficit for the first two months of this fiscal year. The deficit for the first two months of this fiscal year is already $342 billion. That's one-sixth of the year. That's on pace for like $1.8 trillion de- annual deficit. I said to myself, you know what? I'm wondering what the deficit was in the first two months of Obama's first year in FY 2010. That was at the pit of the deepest recession in, in several generations. Unemployment was at 10%. Revenue was in the toilet. So you expect big deficits. Okay, deficit now is 342 billion. For that period, it was 296 billion. Maybe if you adjust for inflation, it's roughly the same. But that was 10% unemployment. Now we have 3.5% unemployment. We have record revenue. Listen to this. Where is? For the first two months of Obama's first year, revenue stood at 269 billion. Now it's almost double at 471 billion. But here's the difference. Whereas spending was at 566 billion, then it's at 814 billion now. And yes, a lot of it is autopilot, automatic increases from Social Security and Medicare. But you know what went up even more? Medicaid. Thanks to Republicans. Department of Education spending. And then military spending, which is nothing but handouts for Islam in the Middle East, rather than at our border countering China, air and naval superiority, instead of doing for others. What happened to America first? He said he was going to pull out of Afghanistan. Oh, it's too hard. I don't know. The generals don't want me to. But now you have the Washington Post and both parties clamoring. Everyone is clamoring for it. And you have a defense authorization bill. No, another $72 billion for overseas contingency operations, a.k.a. Um, urban renewal in Kabul and Baghdad. I'm a hawk. I'm all for beating enemies. That's not what we're doing. At what point do results matter on anything? And again, I'm not just like speaking in the abstract. We have opportunities. Pensacola, Jersey City, which turned out to be that that's a great jailbreak opportunity to to fight against that and guns. The Democrat gun control agenda. The budget bill, the NDAA. Oh, Daniel, we're too busy with impeachment. We can't focus on issues. Not true. Oh, they focus on issues when they want. Believe me. They got in paid family leave in that NDAA. Didn't get in arming our soldiers on bases. Didn't get in cutting off Saudi visas. Didn't get in cutting off foreign aid to Lebanon. Didn't get in um, pulling out of Afghanistan. And by the way, the generals just said... uh, you know, they testified before Congress. We're gonna, it's going to take years to get out of Syria, too. That's also a talking point. Everything's a talking point. 
And then the judges ate my homework. Look, Jessica Vaughn talked about yesterday, and I know I'm jumping around to a lot of different issues, but this is Free For All Friday. The linchpin of why we have a problem where we have 3.3 million of the targeted criminal aliens by ICE that still remain in the country undetained at large in our communities. Years worth of backlog. Why is there years worth of backlog? Because everyone gets their day in court. Well, Daniel, why is there a day in court? I thought if they're illegal aliens, they have no right to be here and they're out. That was a law that was signed unanimously, that was signed by President Bill Clinton, passed unanimously on voice vote by the Senate, with the understanding that you can't litigate your way out of an invasion and you can't give them the court, their day in court. So they had expedited removal. And that is anyone who cannot prove to the satisfaction of an ICE agent that they've resided here for two years, they have no access to an immigration judge, much less an appellate immigration judge, much less an Article Three federal judge, and they are removed immediately. And the determination whether to place someone in extraditary removal proceedings is unreviewable by the courts. That's what that section of what's called IRA, it's an acronym for the 1996 immigration bill, said so what happens if a court and the supreme court for 20 years has said that they have no view you know expert removal is is sacred we don't touch it courts have actually said that and there, there were some recent cases last year where majority opinions made reference to it and a district judge one district judge comes and said you're not allowed to follow the law that not only says you must do this but also says courts aren't allowed to hear the case i'm gonna hear the case anyway and the administration says, nationwide, we're going to stop this. That's not progress. I don't know what to tell you. The president either has to have a fight on border funding and ICE, a budget fight, or push back against the courts. Refuse to, to, to give their illegalities effect. But you can't do both. You can't say, oh, the courts ate my homework, but I'm going to sign whatever crap the Denver House Democrats hand me as a budget bill. And I lost my veto pen. The dog ate my, my veto pen. The dog ate my uh, executive power. Oh, MAGA, MAGA. Th this is not about ripping on Trump. It's not about personality. It's a matter of, I want results. The British people are like, we voted for Brexit. Damn it, we want Brexit. Well, we voted to make America great again. We voted for America first. We voted for sovereignty. We voted to protect our homeland, not other people's homeland. These were, we voted to, to back victims of crime and law enforcement, not criminals. And now pops the opposite policies. Some of them Trump did directly. Some of them his appointees did. Some of them the deep state did and they didn't fight back against. Some of them the courts did and they gave effect to it. Some of them, the rhinos did, and Trump went along with it. But you put it all together, I don't care whose fault it was and what excuses you have, but the result is we're losing. I want results, and you should too. You should too. It's just sickening. It's one issue after another. New estimate, 72,000 births annu annually to tourists and foreign students, according to the Center for Immigration Studies. 72,000. 
Trump could stop that tomorrow. Meaning, even if you support this nutty anchor baby thing for illegal aliens that somehow, well, they're here illegally, but they're permanently domiciled, meaning accept the notion that you could unilaterally assert jurisdiction, which is insane. And and the, the courts in uh, Wong Kim Ark said explicitly not like that. But temp, when you're admitted on a temporary visa, uh, everyone should agree that 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 doesn't fit the description of um, domiciled here. All of these things Trump could do tomorrow. And if your answer to me is there's nothing I can do because it's all the courts, then shut up and stop shoving this talking point that we have an amazingly successful presidency because Trump appointed 174 judges. We're winning on the courts, but you just told me we're not winning. And when I say why, you say, well, the courts. Because again, that is a talking point. It's a myth. But here's the deal. Politics is not a myth or a science. It's not an equation. It's an art. You have to put multiple things together. Yes, Trump appointed 174 judges, but that's misleading. Because there's 870 federal judges. So it's 20% of them. And outside the ones Trump um, appointed, except for a couple of senior status judges from Reagan, most of them are really not good. And some of them are terrible. I mean, Republican appointees, the Democrat appointees, they're all terrible. So yes, before, you know, when we were eight years after Obama, yeah, it was really bad. But again, a lot of Trump appointees were just replacing other Republicans. Some of them were better, but they're not all great. I mean, one of Trump's appointees in the D.C. federal district said that, that what's that guy's name? Jim Acosta from, from CNN has a right to a press badge. It was a Trump appointee. And even the good ones, they're not as good as the bad ones are bad. Meaning, here's the problem. We are satisfied with a talking point. Oh, we got, we got the judges. But Democrats have an answer to that. They have forum shopping nationwide injunctions. They'll go to the, you know, several hundred Democrat judges that they have wherever they want, get an injunction. Even after the Supreme Court slapped it down, they'll go for another one, and our side will agree to it. So you can appoint 869 judges, but as long as they have one, and, and, and they have created a game that you have agreed to that even after statute and constitution, 200 years of case law and a recent Supreme Court case says this, that district judge could say whatever he wants until it's overturned and then say, say it again in a slightly different case. And that's the law of the land. You lost. See outcomes versus talking points. Oh, we appointed a lot of judges. Yeah, and the Democrats are winning all the issues in the courts. I'm sick of the talking points and the excuses. When are we ever going to focus? See, look, if people told me, look, Daniel, just just hold your hat. Hold on. We got to fight impeachment for the next six months. Um, but if Trump wins re-election, they win back the House, which is increasingly less likely that they'll win back the House because of the retirements. Let me tell you, then we're going to do a lot of this stuff. Do you really believe that's going to happen? If I did, I, 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 could, I could wait. I could wait. But it's not. Because we saw what happened the first two years, and it's going to happen again. Because anyone associated with the conservative movement and the Republican Party in America, at a professional level, it's all about the show. It's all about the circus. It's all about the soap opera. It's all about earning a living as an end to itself in the political business. It's not about results. We need to make MAGA great again. 
And everyone's talking about like Trump being reelected is like the reaffirmation of Brexit, like Boris Johnson, you had Brexit and Boris Johnson. So like, oh, well, I have 2016 and 2020 in America. But that, that's not a reaffirmation of it. A reaffirmation of it is Brexit means Brexit. MAGA means MAGA. It doesn't mean Trump being elected. It means implementing the damn policies. For goodness sakes. <sighs> Trump getting elected the first time or getting reelected is not scoring points. It's recovering possession of the ball. But you got to make the plays. You can't just not make plays or worse, often fumble and throw interceptions and the other side scores points while you're supposed to have the ball. I, I, I just, I can't play this game anymore. I'm sick of it. We need a new party and a new movement to coalesce at least in one county and to try to take over one state. Maybe, maybe we all move to Florida. Take a guy like DeSantis and make him even better. And elect better people to the legislature. I don't know, maybe that's the solution. One place. That's all I ask. One enduring victory. Show me one enduring victory. Not just like a temporary cute talking point, but an enduring victory. We're on a trend line, not just like in one given day, like a stock market ticker, like we went up. No, an enduring trend line. They were creating enduring victories because I could show you where the Democrats. I, I mean, folks, folks, let, let me, you, you want to talk about enduring victories. Democrats accomplish more in states Trump carried by 30 points than Republicans accomplish in states Trump carried by 50 points. Forget about what the Democrats are accomplishing in California and New York, and Texas for that matter, by the way, with jailbreak. Look at this. Many of you have seen this. Roughly 140,000 felons in Kentucky were given the right to vote by the new Democrat Governor Bashir. Unilaterally. He didn't say, oh, this is a state. Trump won 118 of 120 counties. Republicans have strong majorities in both houses and the legislature. There's nothing I can do. Oh, man, all I have is the governorship. He took something, saw something. They come, they see, they conquer. They do. That's an enduring victory. 140,000 Democrat votes. They accomplish things. And then you look at it in the blue states, forget it. I mean, they own them lock, stock, and barrel. Here, we win all three branches, then two out of three branches. I can't, I don't know what we can do, the Democrats, of course. Arr. Okay, so then, if you're going to make excuses, then don't lie to me that we're winning. Meaning, there's one thing to say, we're winning. There's another thing to say, we're not winning, but here's why we're not winning. And I'm saying it doesn't have to be that way, and here's why we should be winning. But don't lie to me at the same time, say we're winning, and then say, oh, but it's not my fault. I don't, my point here is not to blame any one particular person or body of government or media outlet. It's to point the simple truth that we are not getting our Brexit. And our Brexit, I would argue, is judicial supremacism. What was the whole point in Great Britain? They felt that we don't have our British pride. We don't have our sovereignty. We have stolen sovereignty. We are run by Brussels. We vote for things. The people don't want this. The people want A, and we get B. 
it's the same thing we have in America, except instead of Brussels, we have any one of the 870 federal judges of the choosing of the ACLU on any given issue. We could vote for unanimous vote in 1996 for immigration reform. And the courts say you, you can't do that. Build a wall. Courts say you can't do that. Left is right. Up is down. What's in the Constitution is out. What's out is in. And it has gotten exponentially worse under Trump. Again, he didn't cause it. And, and in fact, it was a reaction to him by the left. But we're acceding to it. We're agreeing to it. So we have moved the, the goal line, the baseline. We have successfully allowed the Democrats to plow that ground and establish that precedent that there is nothing, 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 nothing beyond the power and scope of any single ju federal judge, even if the Supreme Court itself said the opposite. Results matter. That's all I'm asking for. Results. Stop with the excuses. We could talk about why we're failing, and it's a, it's, it's a mixture of all of it. We're not getting the greatest common factor of every, everyone's opportunity. We're getting the lowest common denominator of everyone's vices and, fall, and, and, and um, fallibilities. It's the lowest common denominator of Trump's flaws, Trump appointees' flaws, the deep state, the courts, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, rhinos in, in, at, at a state level terrible, distracted, bankrupt, intellectually and morally conservative think tanks, media. When was the last time you heard the Heritage Foundation do a single thing on a single issue like I do here every day, except they have a staff of three, 400 people? What do they do other than push jailbreak now? I mean, I, I don't know what they do. Man, we, we have tons of stories out. Check our written content. At Conservative Review, we have tons of stuff out on jailbreak. I have endless, endless stories that prove our point. So many more articles I haven't gotten a chance. Here's another one. Pew did a report. Remember how we said, um, you, need to, you talk about demographics being destiny. You talk about enduring victories. So we talked about Muhammad now be, being in the top 10 list of boys' names in the U.S., so um, they, uh, they put out a, um, Pew put out a study of the average household size by religion. And it shows Christians are 4.5, Jews are the least at 3.7. I guess that's an average of 1.7 kids. Um, I mean, because most Jews are, are pagans and extremely secular and aren't Jewish. Um, I mean, my circles, they have a million kids, but it's, it's, uh, it's not that many, but Muslims are at the top, average of 6.4. Demographics is destiny. What do you call a weak, non-existent Christian base and a thriving Islam? Well, that's Europe. Welcome to America's future. Except there's one difference. See, at least in Europe... There's enough people, at least in Great Britain, if not in other countries, but at least Great Britain, that they're still willing to fight for issues. See, here, this will go on in perpetuity. The worse it gets, the more talking points I have. Because in America, politics is a soap opera and a way of earning a living for people on the right. <clears throat> so all of these issues will continue to get worse. Oh, but vote Republican 
And here's my talking point. You could kick and scream and say, Daniel, what do we do about it? But I challenge you to debunk what I just said. Is it not true? Because the first step in rectifying a problem is identifying the character, nature, cause, and true severity of the problem. And if, and if you say the problem is that we're not electing enough Republicans and just one more election, one more election, where well, the next election is the most important, I can't help you. You're on drugs. I mean, I'm sorry. You're, you just, just take heroin. Take cocaine. Your brain is fried. Or you're just not paying attention. But I think most of you are paying attention, and you know this is true. You know in your heart that we will never, ever succeed unless we have either a new party, a new movement, or some sort of partial equivalent to that. It has nothing to do with Trump, even. It's just the it's not that Trump destroyed it. it. It's the opposite. Trump on paper is open to more things than any Republican leader we've had in the past. And nonetheless, we're still failing. Because Trump is a reflection of the broader Repartian movement. If we had a movement, Trump would be a great president. But then again, if we had a movement, we probably would have had someone else who would have been more competent in um, articulating and implementing this stuff. But nonetheless, we got Trump. Every day, every day with this man, there are opportunities that we could easily. I don't mean things that are like, imagine if we abolished the entirety of third party payer health care. I mean, smaller, achievable, bite sized things that you could both implement and have positive results and also use to marginalize the left and win elections. I mean, you could get both. This is the thing with Boris Johnson. He harnessed the public consciousness on a very definitive issue that mattered. And that exposed the radicalism of the left. Here, rather than exposing the left for letting out other countries' criminals in the millions, letting out our own criminals from jail, and then taking away our guns, we're like, we need criminal justice reform. Um, we need um, immigration reform. I mean, to this day, the Trump administration is not threatening to veto an amnesty that's on the level of what we did in 1986. Big amnesty bill. And in fact, according to one Republican supporter of the bill, Newhouse from Washington State, Trump supports it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Trump is not a Boris Johnson, a Nigel Farage, a... Um, I forgot the name of that guy, Wilders in, in, in the Nether Netherlands. These like nationalist populist guys there. Like everyone's like, oh, okay, it's not conservatism, national pop populism. We don't even have that. It's not like, okay, we don't have Reagan conservatism, but we have national pop populism. We have nothing. I mean, Trump is not that. Trump is Trump. I mean, he didn't lead the movement like some of these European leaders. He rode the movement. But because of Javanka, because of Pompeo and Wolf and Esper and Mulvaney and all these guys that are the embodiment of the problem, we wind up getting Theresa May out of Trump. A little bit more Boris Johnson, a little less Theresa May. 
a little bit more MAGA, a little less flair. If not now, at least in the second term, at some point, you are going to have to use your veto pen. You are going to have to leverage budget bills and NDAAs that are must-pass bills. You are going to have to more aggressively pursue executive action that is within your statutory constitutional authority. And you are going to have to push back against the courts. If you don't do those things, every other victory that you think is a victory is either superficial, misleading, or ephemeral and um, is not enduring. Go down the list of everything you think, and you'll see I'm right. It's just a talking point. 90% of the things that we like, even myself, I celebrated on this show, oh, look what we did. They're, 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 they either were never implemented, the courts got a hold of it, and the administration caved, like on the census, or, um, or other bad things the left have, has moved on from that made that victory moot. Because remember, the left doesn't accept talking points. They demand results. So let's say Republicans success or Trump successfully does A. Well, the Democrats aren't going to sit and take it. They're going to come up with an innovative strategy to neuter that. So you have to have come up with C to neuter what they did with B. But no, the difference is, well, I already got A. I got my talking point. I pointed to the judges. Well, the left is winning on the judiciary despite that because they found many innovative ways of doing that. So what's your response to that? Well, Daniel, are, are you not happy with the amount of judges we appointed? Here, let me go on Twitter and, and tweet it out. Ooh. We have a pathetic movement that has become more pathetic than the British Tories, and that should scare you all. Look, the truth sets us free. Knowledge and truth is power. We need to empower our forgotten citizen, our forgotten taxpayer, our forgotten American that is sick of our stolen sovereignty, sick of the security problems, sick of the crime, sick, sick of the racist agenda of the left that's not being countered properly. We're sick of funding other countries' problems, but not our own. We're sick of venture socialism. We're sick of licentious values. We want our country back. We want our history back. We want our traditions back. But we don't want that back in a talking point. We want results. Brexit means Brexit. MAGA should mean MAGA. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Till next Monday. God bless you all. And thank you 